Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. We study one chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and it's my honor and privilege to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. We're now in Divrei Hayamim Bet Perak Yod Zion, beginning the chapters regarding the monarchy of Yehoshaphat, the son of Asa. And picking up from the previous Perak, when Asa died, so Yehoshaphat, his son, uh, took over for him, became his, the ruler of Chazek al Yisrael. And that, uh, phrasing, <coughs> which is unique, right, Chazek al Yisrael, that he became strong over Israel. Yisrael here, by the way, is a generic term and actually refers to Yehuda and Binyamin and the territory that Asa had conquered uh, in Har Ephraim meant that there were people who did not necessarily accept him as king, and he had to uh, solidify his rule over them. We'll see how that plays out later on in the parak. Now remember that his father had continued and re-established re, uh, uh, the building of fortress cities throughout Yehuda, and so Yehoshaphat manned them with soldiers who were essentially a garrison in each place. Put garrison representatives, uh, military representatives throughout Yehuda. And in the Ephraim, my cities that his father aside conquered. Now, one bit of background that's important uh, for the whole term of Yehoshaphat um, is that at the beginning of the split with the north, there was essentially a separation. Subsequently, when the house of Yeravam fell and the house of Baasha ascended, there was then actual war with territory being swapped back and forth between them. Baasha is pretty much down, and his household has been, uh, none of this is in Divrayamim, but from Malachim, we know that the dynasty of Baasha, um, has been, uh, has been overturned, and a new dynasty, a third dynasty in the north, a dynasty led by a former chief of staff of the north named Omri, takes over. And Omri's son is the very famous or infamous, depending from what perspective, King Achav, who's going to play a critical role in the life of Yehoshaphat, as we will see. Uh, so Hashem was with Yehoshaphat, which is a way of saying that Yehoshaphat was very successful. He followed in the path of David, and there's a little bit of a uh, a tricky point here. Darche David Aviv Harishonim indicates David's first ways, which could mean one of several things. It could either mean that there's a hint here that David, later in his life, fell from grace, an allusion to the uh, Uriah story. But that doesn't seem to fit here because the issue here is not about morality, but about, about uh, spiritual allegiance. And uh, David always had that spiritual allegiance. The other possibility is that David is a cognomen for all of the kings in Beit David, in which case David here would actually mean Asa, in which case Harishonim fits very well, because in Divrahamim we saw the words of Asa Harishonim, Bachronim, and later in his life, the way that Divrahamim tells it, Asa really did fall from grace and was not seeking God out as he had earlier. Uh, so there's several ways to to read it, but the, the the either way, the bottom line is that Yehoshaphat was loyal to God and followed in the true path, below Darash Labalim, and did not go after the Baalim. Aviv Darash. Rather, he sought out the God of his father 
And his father here could mean Asa or David, or anybody in the train, mitzvotav halach, and followed his mitzvot, velokim asay Yisrael. And here Yisrael does mean the north, which at this time is already knee-deep in Avodah So God established the kingdom, the monarchy in his hands, and all of Yehudah brought tribute. And this sort is sort of an echo of the of the uh, metamorphosis uh, of Shaul at the uh, very end uh, of Perak Yod uh, in Shmuel Aleph to the end of Perak Yod Aleph. At the end of Perak Yod, there were some who degraded Shaul and others who brought him uh, a tribute. And then by the after his first war, then everybody was bringing him tribute, and they actually wanted to kill the people who refused to earlier. So here you see something similar, where Tzvayt Yisrael indicates that not everybody was supportive of him, but after his great success, everybody was bringing him tribute. Vahilo Osher Bechavod Larov, and he had great wealth and honor. His heart became high. Now, in every other instance in, in Tanakh, that phrase is a negative phrase, and we translate it as haughty. But here it's clearly a positive thing because heart became high, literally, in the ways of God. Sounds like he either became spiritually and intellectually engrossed in the study of God, uh, the study of God's Torah, or if it perhaps means that he became very strong in his persuasion and perhaps even coercion of people to follow, his people to follow the ways of God. The second approach seems to be supported by the second half of the Pasuk, that he got rid of the Bamot, and here Bamot again is, uh, as we saw in the case of Asa, the Bamot of Avodah and the Asherim. He got rid of all the Avodah which means the Avodah had either made a return, or Asa had not really cleared it all out. And now into the third year of his king, Shalach the Sarav, <coughs> he sent for his messengers, and he does something which here, which is absolutely unprecedented, at least as far as Tanakh's history goes, and he sent for people who were, as we'll see, this first group are non-Levim, which is significant. Levenchayel. Benchayel, we know, means a, a man of power, a man of valor, or perhaps a soldier. Here it's a name. Ulo Ovadya, a common name. Ulo again a common name in Tanakh. Lentanel, Umichayu, all of these are common names in Tanakh, except for Benchayel. That they should go out and teach Torah in the cities of Yehuda, in these, in these fortress cities. So these now are Levim. Shmayahu and Tanyahu, Uzvadyahu, Vyasael, Ushmi Ramot, the name that we remember for ha- perhaps from the early part of the Aramim Aleph. Vyatan, Valdoniyahu, Vitoviyahu, Vitov, Adoniyah, Halavim. And these, most of these are names that are common in the Levim families, as we saw earlier in the Aramim Aleph Paragvab, for instance. Vimahem, Elishama, Vyoram HaKohanim. And he sent some Kohanim with them also. They taught in Yehudah. This is again unprecedented. The first unprecedented thing was to send people out to teach, as opposed to the image presented in the Torah, where everybody comes to the central place to study. Uh, and second of all, that they're actually carrying a Sefer Torah with them. Um, where they go, the only mention of a Sefer Torah Earlier on in Tanakh is one that is secreted away in or next to the Aron Habrit. Uh, take a look in Devarim Lamad Aleph. They went around throughout the cities of Yehuda, and they taught Torah. 
And the meantime, the fear of God was on all of the kingdoms of the land. It was because they saw the success of Yehoshaphat. And he had peace, because they were all afraid. And this is again something unprecedented. That the Plishtim are actually bringing tribute. They've had times where the police team were quiet. There were bad times where the police team pestered us and we beat them down. And we, of course, had times where the police team pestered us and we didn't beat them down. But to have the police team um, bringing a tribute to the Jewish king, this is something we've never heard before. They brought a tribute. Silver as a burden. And the notion here is one of two things. Either that it was so much that it had to be brought kind of like a burden on animals, or else that it was collected by their own collectors as a tax burden and then brought to the king. Gam ha'arvim mevi'im lotzon elim. So the arvim, which we assume are are of the local uh, nomads, were bringing him uh, rams, shivat alafim, so 7,000 rams, u'shva me'ot, 7,700. Utsi Ashim, Shivat Alafim, Ushvameot, male goats, um, uh, 7,700. is an unfamiliar word, but it's actually connected to a word that we all know, Bira, which is in Tanakh, is a fortress in modern Hebrew capital, but in Tanakh, a fortress, the word we had earlier in reference to the Beit HaMikdash. In towards the end of Devarimim Aleph, and so he built more fortress cities. Umalachara Yehuda, and he had much malacha here, meaning, as we see in Shmuel Aleph Tedvav, for instance, uh, where it means a property, not work, but property. He had much property. And he had uh, a coterie of uh, of warriors who were in Yerushalayim around him. And these are the Divisions based on families of the soldiers. There's somebody named Adna, who might be a form of Yehoiadan. He had 300,000 soldiers under his command. Another Sar, Yehochanan. He has 280,000. Amasya is a name like Amos, Ben Zichri. Hamit Nadev Ladonai, whether that means he always went into battle or he donated all of his spoils to God. The Imoma Taim Elif Kibor Chayil, he had two hundred thousand soldiers. Who mean Binyamin? Those are from Yehuda. Binyamin Kibor Chayil El Yada. The Imoma Noshke Keshetum Again, Mataim Elif. People who held the the uh, the bow and the shield, two hundred thousand. The Al Yado Yehuzavad. There's another general, the Imo Meashwanim Elef Khalutsait Savai had hundred and eighty thousand sounds like infantrymen. Elach Hamishartimat Hamalach, these are the ones who served the king. Milvana Shanatana Melach Bariamitsar Bakhod Yudan, as we read in the beginning of the Perak, he also established garrisons with soldiers throughout the country. These are the soldiers that he had in Yerushalayim. Fantastic numbers are reaching uh, close to a million soldiers, at least according to this count. In the next podcast, we'll look at Perak Yodchet and hear about the very famous uh, encounter between Yehoshaphat and Ahav um, that, is, uh, that is unlike much of the Prakim that we are reading right now uh, that is uh, fairly close to the account and pretty much as detailed as the account that we get in Sefer Malachim. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.